Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to Beyond the Office, Building and Leading Remote Teams, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Bill Keller. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Bill's episodes, you'll get the latest research, trends, and tips on remote work to build and lead cohesive teams around the world for the future of work. Let's begin. Welcome to Beyond the Office, where we give you the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the good news and the bad news about remote staffing and building remote teams overseas. And today we have a very special guest. He is both my friend, my partner, and a wonderful guy to know. His name is Aaron Nair. He is the head of Staffing Global India. So we're happy to have you here today, Aaron. Happy to be here, Bill. Thanks for the opportunity. We want to hear what you have to say to give us some ideas of what it's like to work in India, give you some of the cultural differences and some of the things that you've seen working with Indians every day and also working with Americans and how you work cross-culturally to get the, the best benefit for both sides here. And so I don't think it's a stretch to say that for many Americans, they have not always had the best experience in working with Indians, you you know, the bad call center rep is kind of legendary. And so I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through why is that? Why do people have those bad experiences? And what do you do to to make that better? That's a great question, Bill. You're not wrong when you say that people do think about uh, the bad call center reps. That's the experience that most Americans must have had about working with Indians. But What's also true is it's not a realistic indication of the talent pool in India. So what you got to understand is some of these reps, most of these reps to be precise, probably high school dropouts or, uh, you know, youngsters who are just out of college would have very little to no understanding of what American culture is. So they're put on the rolls with very minimum training. So these would be basically the bottom strata of the talent pool in India. And they have very little to no training uh, on dealing with cultural nuances. So that goes on to prove the experiences most Americans must have had while dealing with them. But the Indian job pool is very versatile. And one would be surprised to know that even people like Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, or Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, they, they come from India, right? So you can find great talent in India, but you just have to be open-minded and you got to do the right thing. Because what's inexpensive may not always be the best solution. And some of the things that has made us successful working with our American clientele would be creating cultural intelligence, you know, making people more empathetic towards other cultures, improving communication, practicing active listening, and problem-solving skills. These are some things that helps them, even if they get into a situation where they have to resolve conflicts. These are some of the things that have been very, very helpful for us and has been successful in our interactions with our clients. And that's been my experience as well. You know, what we find is for some people, they're just going overseas to to cut costs. And that's what you often see in these call centers. And it gives everybody a bad experience. But that's not what it's like when you're really being intentional about going over and working in India and, and building good relationships and building a good team and really understanding that they're not just a low-cost solution, but they are part of your team, even though they're 10,000 miles away. And when you incorporate them into your team, like they're working next door, that's when you really start to see the greatest amount of benefit. And that's been my experience. Would you agree? That is absolutely correct, Bill. You're on point. So 
I think for many people working overseas, you know, when Americans think of working overseas, they often think, oh, well, we're taking advantage of people. And that really, obviously, as Americans, we don't like that. And so how can you answer that question? If people say, hey, you're going overseas, you're taking advantage of people in India or Colombia or wherever you're working, you know, what has been your experience on the ground? How do people from India feel about American companies working in India? I get this a lot whenever we meet our clients because they're good people. Obviously, they do not want to take advantage of anybody uh, anywhere in the world. So while some people may have concerns about American companies outsourcing to India, it's important to recognize that outsourcing is a business strategy aimed at optimizing costs, accessing specialized skill sets or expanding operations. It's not necessarily about taking advantage of workers, but rather a result of the globalized nature of business and the search for competitive advantages. Being in India, I feel the exact opposite. I don't think that we are being taken advantage of, but we have been provided with multiple opportunities. So if you ask me, Bill, nine out of 10 Indians would want to work with an American company because they get uh, better job security, they get better earning opportunities, a shot at a better standard of living. They get exposed to international standards. That is a cultural exchange and a very good working environment, a better environment than what they can find with their local companies. So I think it's the exact opposite. Hmm. Wonderful. So when you say better environment, what do you mean by that? Is it just a better office or what do you mean by better environment? So when you look at traditional Indian setups, we are conditioned to respect our superiors. Okay. And most people would not have a voice. I mean, when we talk about traditional Indian setups, but when we talk about some of these multinational companies or some of these global players, they have been instrumental in changing the scene. So in most American companies, you know, there is this open door policy. You can express yourself. You have a voice as an employee. That has enabled creativity. People are more productive. And they are more willing to participate and contribute. So that's the change that I'm talking about. We're talking about a, a cohesive and a congenial environment that fosters growth and development. And that's what I found. You know, obviously, I'm 10,000 miles away from some of my workers, uh, but I can't really have an open door policy, but I have an open WhatsApp policy. So for those of you who are not uh, internationally, know that WhatsApp is kind of like the message center for the rest of the world. And so we have. WhatsApp channels and and I message with my team on WhatsApp almost on a daily basis. And so I have this open WhatsApp policy. So if they need me rather than coming into my office, because that'd be a little bit hard, they can message me. And I think that's really what you're talking about is, and that there's a much bigger distinction in India between the boss and the workers in the US that you just get this much tighter fit. And people in my experience, they love that they're, they're looking for that. And, um, if you're able to do that and collaborate with them in that way, it's a benefit to everybody. I first went to India probably yes, six right. to seven years ago. So when I first went there, it was overwhelming for me when I first got there. And when I thought when I got there, you know, I thought it was going to be like a free for all for in business. And basically it was anything goes. But in fact, I found just the opposite. In many ways, they were, were more organized or had some more rules set up than we here have in America. So can you talk to us a little bit about what are some of the differences you see in hiring in India as compared to the U.S. to help our audience out if they were to go this direction, something that, that you think that they would really need to know? Let's talk about the big difference here. So probably you're referring to the, the notice period because uh, in the U.S., 
Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you could separate from your employer by just giving two weeks notice, right? You don't even need that. That's more just like a common courtesy that we have. So you can just kind of pick up and, and leave. It's, it's not looked on very well. But, you know, generally with two weeks notice, you're good to go. Right. So that that doesn't cut it in India. I mean, yes, there are these isolated events where people do abscond or they don't show up to work. But then uh, for you to have a lucrative career in India, you know, you have to follow the rules. And notice periods are widely different in India than in the U.S. So it may vary from 30 days to 90 days to six months, depending on the position that you're working on or the type of industry that you're in or you belong to. So that's a big striking difference. So while this may seem to be very taxing when you're bringing someone on, but it has its own advantages when somebody's getting ready to leave you and go. So number one, you can have effective handover of responsibilities. You get the right kind of time to look for their successors. And as you know, with the problems in hiring, you definitely would want that time to bring in a replacement. So that's one. And what, what may be surprising to a lot of American audiences may be that India is a very organized job market and it's a very business friendly one as well. So uh, there is something else that adds to the experience and that is the concept of a relieving letter. So if you're an employee leaving an organization, you want to fulfill that long notice period effectively because if you don't do that, you may not receive something called as a relieving letter at the end of your term, which is very important for you to fetch a job. So even if they are leaving this organization and joining another one, they, they need to present a relieving letter from the previous employer to prove that they've had an excellent track record. And that is something that's very business friendly. In the U.S., somebody gives their notice. We're always like, okay, should we let them serve their notice or do we kind of let them go? Because what kind of job are they going to do from here on out? And that's what makes it quite a bit different than in India because it's once you they give the notice, they might be serving two-month notice period like we generally make our people serve. That gives us time to find new positions and, and do a handover. But they want to do a good job because they need that relieving letter to make sure that they're going to be able to continue. So if they don't have that, it's really going to be frowned upon. What are one or two things that as Americans hiring in in India, that they can do to make this process successful? Do they have the experience of hiring in India? Because that question changes a lot of things. Now, this is their first foray into hiring in India. Okay, then I would recommend, uh, you know, partnering with a local agency or a player who's got a lot of experience doing hiring in India, because culturally, both of these countries are very different. And it's very important to have a local player support you with that knowledge and information, because if you're not aware of some of these cultural nuances, you know, you may not achieve your objectives. So my answer is, while you may learn these things eventually, but to begin things off, it's very important to find a local partner who could help you out here. You don't want to go through the school of hard knocks in that uh, yes. environment. So Exactly. The second point is once you've started hiring, you need to understand job security is a big thing for Indians because like I said, India forms one of the largest middle classes. So you need to be looking at this differently. You need to make a shift from uh, the mindset where people may be looking at cost optimization. Uh, it is more than that. You need to bring or provide more opportunities to your workforce. They need to be able to grow in their role. So if you are able to bring that to the table, I think you would be more successful than many. So not just seeing them as a resource that you come over here and they have one particular job. You need to kind of, just like in the U.S., 
you need to be looking out for their career advancement. That's really important as they move along. There's lots of opportunities in India for people to move on to different jobs, and that's what I hear you say. And if you're not providing them with the opportunities to grow, it's not like it used to be where people will be like, yes, job security is important, you know, and I'll stay with a company for 30 or 40 years. It's like the U.S. People are moving. People have opportunities. And you need to, if you want them to stay and you want that talent to stay, it's going to be really important to make sure that they're coming along. You're training them. You're giving them opportunities to grow. Is that what I hear you saying? Yes, you like. So you mentioned culture a lot. So what is like one or two cultural differences that you see in the way that working in India and compared to what you've seen in the U.S. and uh, that you can help us out here so that we have a better understanding of what it's like working with people from India? Culture, obviously, is the focal point here because, you know, you're, you're working cross-culturally and that plays a very important role. So when we talk about Americans, even when you're raising your kids, you're you're treating them as young adults, right? The conversations, the way you go about it. And in India, it changes drastically. I mean, it's absolutely different from what happens there in the U.S. Uh, as Indians, we are conditioned to respect authority. So when you're younger, you begin by respecting your parents, your uncles, your aunts, everybody who's elder to you, even your elder brothers and sisters. So you cannot back answer. You have to listen to them. You cannot question their judgment. So uh, your parents even decide who you're going to marry, what education you're going to take up. So that's a part of Indian culture. We are seeing some bit of a change in the recent years. But yes, predominantly, that has been our culture. When we go to college, we respect our teachers, we respect our authority, even our seniors, people in a higher class or our class monitors. So that's imbibed into our DNA, basically. It's ingrained into our DNA. And that transitions over that work culture as well. You respect the authority, your bosses, and you do not question them. You simply listen to instructions and you follow that, right? So that's a big difference when it comes to uh, you know, American bosses and co-workers, when they when they work with their bosses, if there is a disagreement, you know, they would be very candid about it. They are not going to be really scared or afraid or they're not breaking a moral code. But then in India, that changes. We are seeing some changes. And thanks to some of these American companies that have brought about that change. The thing is, India has been under colonial rule for 200 years so it's ingrained in their DNA, that servitude, they cannot ask questions, that moral code, it makes a big difference. So understanding this, and if you want to be successful as an employer who's working cross-culturally, I would recommend that you reinstate on the fact that people need to have their voices. You give them an environment where they feel comfortable and they can express themselves freely and be more creative. Wow. That's awesome. When I go over there, you know, I come into the office and it's a little bit disconcerting because everybody stands up and shakes my hand. You know, you're seen in a much different light than than you are in the U.S., which is amazing. But there's also this sometimes having to elicit difficult information can be a challenge. And when I talk about the good news and the bad news about hiring overseas, this is one of the things that you really need to deal with. And to overcome that, we really need to look at what type of environment are we creating? And because of that history, it can sometimes take a lot of effort and work to overcome some of that. And But once we do that, you have a very respectful culture who then is going to be able to approach you and give you the information that you need. But it's going to take some work to do that. And so, yeah, I, I can understand that as a, the cultural difference that you would pick. So you work with a lot of American clients who are obviously hiring our Indian staff. 
What are a couple things that they're saying that they see in our staff that they really like? They find uh, Indian employees to be very respectful and they enjoy working with them because of all the respect and attention that they give to their American counterparts. They always look up to their American counterparts. They follow instructions very well. And uh, our clients tell us that in some cases, the Indian counterparts are better off technically, like, for example, in their Excel abilities, with going head-to-head with their American counterpart, probably they'd be more well-versed in some of these tools. So that is something that we've heard a lot of our clients say. And sometimes it has been brought to our attention that the cross-cultural experiences kind of energize some of our American peers. So it has happened with one organization in the past that somebody was getting ready to leave the organization. And that's just when we introduced an Indian colleague and he found it to be very interesting and that he stayed for almost over a year. That energized it and it was good for everybody. And that's one of the things that we kind of focus is to make sure that this relationship working overseas is good for everybody. We actually have four parties that we look and make sure that are benefiting or we generally don't enter into the relationship. And those four parties, just so everybody knows, are our client. Obviously, we want our client to do well. We want our employees in India to do well. But we also want the employees in America to do well. It doesn't have to be a zero-sum game where somebody has to lose for somebody to win. And then the fourth party is we want our clients' clients to do well. And that's really what we look at in this relationship. And I think if you're thinking of going overseas, if you think in those terms, that's going to take you very far towards your success as you're looking to make sure that everybody in the process is benefiting from this. But in closing, what would you say is – you know, your final piece of advice for people here on the show as they're considering hiring overseas and especially in India, what would you tell them? My suggestion would be to approach overseas hiring with an open mind and not with any preconceived notions because job markets uh, across the world have undergone many changes and in people like India, it'd be right to say that it has evolved. It's not the same job market that was available 20 years ago. So it's very important to shed all preconceived notions and, you know, visit this job market with an open mind and you'd be surprised what you can find here. You might get the next uh, CEO of Google or Microsoft. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time, Aaron. I really appreciate it. And uh, for any of you who uh, join the Staffing Global Group and want to hire people, if you ever get over to India, Aaron will tell you all the history of India when when you go over. It's amazing because he's a wealth of knowledge. And so we appreciate having you on today. Thanks so much. And hopefully we'll have you back on soon. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and digging deep into what's ahead for the future of remote work. We'll be back next month with Bill for another episode. But until then, please visit Staffing Global's website for additional resources at Staff different.com. And remember, don't let the shift hit your plans.